Welcome, I'm Cliff Hedges. This is Pastor Cliff's Notes. This is the podcast where we're studying the Bible. We're working our way through the book of Hebrews. Today is episode 896, and we're looking at Hebrews chapter 10, verses 19 through 25. Let's read our passage. Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have boldness to enter the sanctuary through the blood of Jesus, he has inaugurated for us a new and living way through the curtain, that is, through his flesh, And since we have a great high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed in pure water. Let us hold on to the confession of our hope without wavering, since he who promised is faithful. And let us consider one another in order to provoke love and good works, not neglecting to gather together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging each other and all the more as you see the day approaching. This is the book of Hebrews. It's a letter or a written sermon to a group of Jewish Christians. And they're experiencing persecution and are tempted to fall away from Christianity and go back into Judaism. And the author is arguing that Christ is superior to anything they could go back to. Christ is superior to angels. He's superior to Moses, superior to the Old Testament priesthood. He is the new high priest with a new covenant that has replaced the old covenant of the Old Testament, and it's a permanent covenant. So he's continued to talk about the implications of this new covenant now. Pick it up in chapter 10, verse 19. Now note, verses 19 through 25 are a single sentence in the Greek. So it is a big, long, run-on sentence, but it breaks up fairly nicely. Verse 19, therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have boldness to enter the sanctuary through the blood of Jesus. He's been talking about the old covenant. And by sanctuary, he's referring to the holy of holies, that inner chamber within the tabernacle where the Ark of the Covenant was that only the high priest could enter once on the day of atonement. And now he's saying all believers can enter into the presence of God. Because it was believed that that was where you went to meet God. The high priest annually would go in to meet God. Now, in the original tent of meeting with Moses, Moses actually met face to face with God. He was in the presence of God. Now, later with the tabernacle, the high priest kind of symbolically went into the presence of God. And he went through all the ceremony and the idea was that the the cloud of the presence of God would come down to the mercy seat and mercy would be dispensed to the people. And even though they had faith in God, believed God, it was still a lot of symbolism there. But we now, it's not a, a symbolic access. We have direct access to God via the new covenant. Now, it's not face to face like it was with Moses, at least not yet. But it's not symbolic. We actually have access to God. So he says, we have boldness to enter the sanctuary through the blood of Jesus. I mean, it's a bold thing to dare go behind the curtain. Verse 20, he has inaugurated for us a new and living way through the curtain. That is, through his flesh. That is, his flesh, the sacrificial death of Jesus. Because of that, we can now go behind the curtain. And new and living in that even though Jesus died, he is alive. 
verse 21, and since we have a great high priest over the house of God, and it's getting back to this idea, Jesus is the great high priest. The house of God refers to basically a family unit. The house of God is the family of God. It's the community of God's people. Verse 22, it's the first of three commands, three imperatives. Let us draw near. And draw near here is an imperative. With a true heart and full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed in pure water. So what's he saying here? What's, what's the command? Draw near. Draw near to what? Draw near to God. We can now go behind the curtain. We can go into the presence of God. So, so do it. Draw near to God. And he talks about the true heart in full assurance of faith. Now, heart sprinkled clean from an evil conscience, bodies washed in pure water. What does this mean? mean? Well, being sprinkled clean, that's the language of the high priest in the Day of Atonement, where the priest would sprinkle the blood of the sacrifice to atone for the sins of the people. Body washed in pure water. Some say this absolutely can mean nothing other than baptism. Others say this is still the language of the Day of Atonement, because the high priest had to wash his body in pure water to be clean enough to then enter the Holy of Holies behind the curtain. I go along with that idea that this is all language of the Old Covenant. He's not talking about baptism here. This was what the high priest used to do. He used to sprinkle the blood of the sacrifice and wash his body in pure water. But now that's been done for us because that's been done Effectively for us, we can go behind the curtain. In verse 23, let us hold on to the confession of our hope without wavering, since he who promised is faithful. So here's the second command, hold on. Hold on to what? The confession of our hope. Now notice he didn't say hold on to hope. He says hold on to the confession of our hope. Now what's he getting at there? I don't know it's exactly spelled out, but I think what he's basically saying here is how we confessed our hope. That is, we confessed our faith in Jesus Christ. We confessed our belief in the truth of the gospel. That is the confession of our hope. I believe Jesus is the Son of God. I believe Jesus is the Savior. I believe I am a sinner, and Jesus died for my sins. Hold on to that. So the practical application of that is make sure we actually hold on to the gospel. We don't drift from the truth of the gospel. How do we do that? We stay fast to the word of God. Then the third command, verse 24, and let us consider one another in order to provoke love and good works. So consider one another. Think about others, one another. And by one another, he's referring to fellow believers, the community of God's people. Too often we think, well, it's just me and God. Well, no, it's me and God and all the other believers. And so we cannot be in a healthy relationship with God if we are not in a healthy relationship with other believers. It just doesn't work that way. And then verse 25, not neglecting to gather together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging each other and all the more as you see the day approaching. So gathering together. This is the gathering of the church. 
speaks to the importance of the actual gathering. In fact, the word church, the word that gets translated church, ecclesia, literally means assembly. The assembly, the gathering together of the people. That is the church. And we need to gather regularly. Well, can I just gather, in quotes, online? Well, we can use online resources. And we can use them a lot for a lot of various purposes, but we still need to actually physically gather. And if we're shying away from physical gathering, we really have to ask what's our motivation. I understand during the pandemic, there was some unique circumstances and we did the best we could under the circumstances. But as soon as we were past that, we started gathering together again. Some people held back and said, well, I don't really need to gather together. Well, yes, we do. And I can gather together with people just as easily remotely as I can in person. Well, really, you can't. We, we do need to be together eyeball to eyeball, shoulder to shoulder, elbow to elbow, and actually interact with people in a direct way. And if I don't want to do that, I really have to ask, what's my motivation? What's my motivation to avoiding gathering together in person? And I suspect for most of us, that motivation would be because I really don't want to gather together because I don't want to be with those people. I want to keep them at arm's length. I want to say I'm gathering together, but not really gather together because I don't want to get up close and personal with them for one reason or another, in which case we're neglecting the gathering together. Are there times when we can't gather together? We have to use the resources available? Yes, we can. But we always need to be looking to how we can actually get together. And part of getting together is encouraging each other. And all the more as you see the day approaching, what day is he talking about here? Some think it's the destruction of the temple, which has been predicted, and they're maybe starting to see some signs that it's moving closer to that. Or uh, I believe it's, he's really talking about the second coming. That as it gets closer to Jesus returning, keep encouraging each other. Encouraging each other to do what? Draw near, hold on, and consider one another. So I think we take this whole sentence here. What he's basically saying is we can actually be in the presence of God for real. Not even some symbolic thing like they did in the Old Testament. And then he says, do it. Do be in the presence of God. Draw near and stay true to the gospel. Stay true to the word of God and be one of the one another. That means actually get together with other believers. And one of the big reasons for that is to encourage one another. But also, as he said in verse 24, provoking love and good works. Thanks for joining me. Join me again next time as we continue working through Hebrews 